0: Welcome in to the KSR Football Podcast, Nick Roush, Drew Franklin, and Adam Luckett here with you Monday afternoon, as always, presented by our good friends at Justice Dental, your one-stop shop for all your dental needs with two convenient locations, one on Blazer, one on Wellington, easy to get to, easy to say hey, uh, easy to enjoy yourself. Justice Dental, they'll take care of you. Just give them a call at 859-543-0700. You can text them to set up your appointment. Uh, they have so many ways to make sure your teeth are taken care of this fall and year-round, not just fall. We just like the fall because it means football's back. But they're the best all the time. Ain't that right, Joe Franklin?
1: They are. I, I had to call them recently and move an appointment. You know what? They moved it easily. Had a spot ready for me a week later. So, I mean, it's not just about getting the teeth clean. It's the customer service, too. They, they check all the boxes there.
0: Ah, service with a smile. Am I right? Am I right?
1: Absolutely. Service that gives you a smile.
0: Exactly. That's a great way to put it. Um, I'm trying to share... Our um, posts, our, our our YouTube video, and the post, and it doesn't want to. So I'm just gonna be. Is it okay if I'm just mad at YouTube for a minute? Can I be mad at them? Yeah. And blame them. You,
1: yeah, you can. I, I can do it if you want to yap. Whatever. You know. I always I wear multiple hats over at KSR.
0: Yeah, we're. That's what we do. I, I have so many hats. Would you like me to try some on? Um, I can wear yeah. this one. <laughs> uh, I can do I, this one. Me too. I've brought hats. Or, Should we all just do hats? Just Monticello do hats. Bank. We can get we can get all, we can get real hatty here. Um, I have a
2: hat a, on my desk too. I thought I moved them all upstairs.
1: Is uh, Drew? Where are you right now? You're on the road. I am. I'm at Opryland in Nashville. Uh, I tried to do it. It is a very beautiful hotel. I tried to do it out in the. I almost called it a lobby, but it's like a country. It's just. They it's too loud. Yeah, there's like there's waterfalls <laughs> and people riding boats. It was just too loud. But I really wanted to have a better backdrop, so I, I'm back in my room. But yes, here? I am in Nashville. Our personnel the- is where we
2: dog the Opryland, but we're not going to dog them since Bruce here. But if this was to, if this was Wednesday on the KSR YouTube channel, we well, it'd be Opryland would well- get dogged. Well,
1: let me say drew did not pick this uh abby's here for abby's here for work it's a it's a conference and i just thought well heck if there's a hotel in nashville that i don't have to pay for i will gladly go, go. so this this is a new experience for me too i stepped i stepped in vomit uh in my bare feet yesterday that oh. was pretty cool yeah <laughs> right. yeah on fire day one oh. bare feet into child vomit uh, i mean I'm, I'm really loving the opera land experience so far you-
0: you're just a little late to the Music City Ball press conference. You wanted to, <laughs> you're just, just a little well, I,
2: If we, we would still be there if we were looking for a room with Wi-Fi when me and Rouse were there. Oh,
1: yeah, well, let me tell you this. Uh, I don't care. I got straight in the pool with my vomit foot because if you're not going to clean up your vomit by the pool, I'm getting in the pool to clean off my feet. So that's a, that's our Opryland experience so far.
0: <laughs> oh, Wow. Wow, it sounds like it's been a real blast for you. Freddie Maggard is stuck in Nashville trying to get home or outside of Nashville. Um, he, he left the Gulf coast early this morning to get back home and they decided to shut down I-65 on him. So, uh, safe travels to Freddie getting back home. Wish he could be there so we could help catch him up on everything that happened over the weekend. Cause it, it was, uh, a very busy time this weekend, Um uh, Kentucky essentially signed uh, quarterback of the future. There'd be a huge deal in any other time, but it was sandwiched in between Media Day and Kentucky football fan day. So a lot has happened. Um, oh yeah, and the Pac twelve dead. So like, I don't even know uh, where to start with all of this. Uh, it's a lot happening. Uh, look, at I kind of wanted to start with the fo- the Kentucky football though, because I feel like all of the other nonsense, like that, that's like. Off the field later stuff. We got to watch people actually put on shoulder pads and hit each other, and it was freaking awesome.
2: It was. It was fun to be out there. Uh, Low-key, Cortland Ford's kind of a quote machine, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, We got hit with a a rhyme about pass protection, and he talked about um, number two, wiping technique. So it was a jam-packed interview I had with him. Uh,
0: well, can we just like for a second? Just ha- has anybody ever had to try to wipe with their own hand? Because it's, I it sounds very difficult. So is is are we worried that this transition from left tackle to right tackle is going to be difficult for Corbin Ford?
1: I mean,
2: I've never what, tried what? it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Usually, it's somebody gets like an IV or something, and then they're in the hospital, and it's it's, it's challenging. So if you've ever had to do it, yeah. By all means, it's not fun. So, I, I'm, I'm. Am I worried? Maybe I'm worried now that uh, Cortland Ford at right tackle might be it might be difficult.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm ambidextrous. It's it's fine. You know, it's you got two hands for a reason. Whatever.
0: Uh, I'm I'm just amphibious. But anyway, back to you. like get Cortland Ford <laughs> uh, interviewing and giving out a bunch of quotes.
2: Yeah, but back to the practice. I think it was good. Just just to be out there and see real life football it was obviously fun. I think it was a good fan day experience. It was nice. Uh, got to see some good things at the practice, and then bef- the day before the practice you get Stone Saunders committed, uh, which was a big deal. We've talked about on our rep reaction and in other places just stacking good quarterback recruiting wins, high school recruiting wins is important, something they haven't done in a long time. So it was good to see. Overall, I think a really good weekend for Kentucky football. Um, and then you go back last week, things weren't – the recruiting – you know, they missed out on some guys we thought they were gonna get so to recover I think with Saunders and then having a good day at practice seeing what you want to see uh, what's what's good to see
0: yeah drew it was it was nice because if, if you, you know, coaches say these kind of cliche stuff where it's like well you don't want one side beating the other too much that sort of <laughs> deal but it, it kind of did work that way where you felt like the running game, uh, was much further ahead of schedule than it was this time in the spring. Um, or, heck, anything offensively was much further along this time last year. Uh, and I know Barry on Brown wasn't out there, but you you saw the, the secondary take some strides as well, make some plays on the football. Uh, things didn't come easily for the uh, the, the passing game. Um, outside of, you know, like that acrobatic catch that Dinky had to make him <laughs> one-on-ones ever seen now. But, like, it was it was a good mix-up, Drew, of the the defense getting some wins where you were kind of worried about him and then the offense getting some wins where you were kind of worried about the running game.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't there, and I read your all's coverage. Shout out to you all because I feel like I was there. You did such a good job. But everyone's concerns uh, going into this season are the offensive line and the secondary – and I feel like as best you can tell from a, a one-off scrimmage on a Saturday when fans in the building, it sounds like the offensive line, maybe maybe a little optimism there where we weren't sure what we'd get. And then the secondary too, I think obviously those are the two biggest stories. My, my bigger takeaway of all that though, and I want to ask Luckett, I feel like both of you, Luckett especially, this Dylan Ray name, every, every story you've all written, every recap I've read every video I've seen there's a few takeaways here and there but I keep seeing him pop up and how well just the offensive line looked overall especially in the run game obviously with guys being out but being a uh, someone like all fans that were concerned about those two groups I, I love hearing everything that's come out of that
2: yeah I think gray was kind of a one of the revelations I think this week just that he's going to be able to I I don't think he's going to start. Uh, he's probably not going to play a ton, but that he is potentially a guy that he's going to factor in, in the offensive line down the road. And he gives them another tackle body and which was big news because we found out that Nicole is out for the year. Uh, Really? You know, he was out for spring. I don't know how, what his availability was last year, but you're not going to have him. tackles already thin. So that's seeming like a pretty good find for them. And they've been really impressed with him. Yeah. when I got to talk to Zach Ginzer for a little bit and, it kind of gushed about him in a lot of ways, uh, just how how he's been so far. Uh, now, I, I'm not saying he's going to come in here and play, but I do think he's another body. Potentially, with a year or two development, he could be a fa- factor at Kentucky. So that's that's a positive sign. And then I think that they're good in the other spots. I mean, Eli Cox and Kenneth Horsey back to the regular positions, but I think they feel good about if they had to play Tanner Bowles or if they had to play a Ben Chrisman, uh, that they could hold up there. And then I think they're really happy with Marcus Cox at left tackle, and then they're going to see how Cortland Ford progresses here at right tackle. Uh, but to me, I just compare it to last year. We went and saw Rich Gangarello's offense three times. We had an open practice in the spring for the media. You had the fan day. Then you had an open practice in the fall for the media. And they look like crap each time for me. Um, we have receipts. We could pull them if we wanted, but like thanks, thanks for <laughs> – Rusty, I think this time around I saw w- real progress from the offensive line from the spring open practice to what I saw on Saturday. That's just my eyes. That's just what I saw. Uh, but I think you're seeing the influence of Liam Cohen. That's why he's making $1. 1.7 $1. 8 million, $1.8 mm-hmm. million. Um, and mm-hmm. you even heard Mark Stoops talk about it after the practice, kind of unprompted um, with bringing their physicality back and being able to play with you – know, being able to do things schematically, where the motions, formations, yada yada, that'll help them run the football, and they had some success against Kentucky's ones running the ball. And we know how good that front, front like that front, yeah. is a legitimate yeah. SEC front that can stop the run. It's going to be able to hold well, up against the best of the best, and they were able to have success. That's a big deal compared to what we saw last year and what we saw in the spring. It just is to me. And if you I brought him see up
1: specifically. Oh, sorry, Nick. I brought him up well, specifically. Just The tackles, a big, I mean, obviously, guard and center, we got that figured out. But just hearing some depth at that spot got me very excited uh, out of Saturday. Even if it's, you know, just a few snaps here and there, just hearing something positive is anything good on that offensive line.
0: And, you know, we, we just – Steven had the the highlight shown, and, you know, a lot of it, of the highlight reel is just slowed down, slow motion throws of Devin Leary. But in the four or five running plays – there's enough room for a walk to run through, you know? And, and it's it's one of those things, too, that outside zone was a – not a point of emphasis, but we always thought that was going to be kind of a transition when Cohen first came here. It, it actually feels like they're, they're finally able to efficiently run that or at least get some of those guys out to the edge to be able to create cutback lanes because they have the personnel that can do it, you know, both um, – in, in the backfield and, and up front in the trenches Marcus Cox he looks like a real player Um and Ford is new and he's among one of the many transfers that they're like they're not just gonna hand him the starting job right uh, but they're working him in and so like it just it, it was nice to see I mean that just cutback lane there is enormous <laughs> like there's just there's room to run and I, I was not anticipating that and to add to it from the running backs perspective, uh, look, I don't think I've. I think the nicest thing Mark Stoops has ever said this early in camp was calling the running backs reliable. I mean, and he did that after four practices. Did not see that coming, seemingly from a group of all newcomers, you know, outside of Jatom McClain.
2: Well, just think about last year. Robert Rodriguez is out first four games. Cavasia smokes your RB1. It's not, you know, that was not a great situation. Not great, Bob. So that that they have the strength in numbers in that position, I think is important. But you just saw good things back to the line. Like you saw Dylan Ray on I believe it was a counter run have a really big block. You saw Eli Cox have a really big block. Caddis was doing Caddis stuff, and so it was just good to see that group play with some confidence. I thought it was really important be able to run the ball. I think you saw the veteranness of and savviness of Ray Davis as a runner. We've heard Cohen talk about it how he's patient, he knows when to take his spots and knows when to go. I think last year, part of the frustration was they had stuff blocked up and they weren't hitting it how they were supposed to hit it. I think there's more confidence in a Ray Davis where if there's an opening, he's going to find the lane and get positive yards. Where Rodriguez would maybe not find the lane all the time, but he would just kind of bulldoze his way through people to gain to gain yards. And so it's just going to be different in that, that regard. So I, I, I think that was just good. I think there's some confidence there, and that's really a big thing after last year. Was they had zero of it after the first couple of weeks of the season? Um, they gained some when Rodriguez started a roll, but they still struggle with a lot of things. Simple was a big buzzword over there this weekend.
0: Yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough Friday for <laughs> Rich Gangarella. I don't and think.
2: So <laughs> that was just that was huge in getting guys just to play faster and with more confidence. I think that's a big thing because it could be hard if that defense over there is just handing you your lunch pail every day in a camp setting. Um, to see them have some success um, is good from a confidence standpoint, but it's also good. I think that's translatable out when we'll see out on, on the field because if they're having success against that group, I, I feel confident about the, having them having success against a lot of foes on their schedule.
0: And you, you mentioned Caddis too. Uh, Isaiah Cummings is in that highlight reel, just cracking down, split out a wide receiver, coming down and busting somebody's heads up. <coughs> kind of nice to have your tight ends back when. I don't know. They were seemingly one of a strength of your group. They didn't even have Dingle out there either, right, Drew. And yeah. I felt like tight end was a, a, a point of strength on Saturday.
1: I had one question written down for Liam Cohen on Friday. I think Matt even asked it. Uh, I didn't get asked the question. But it was like, you're reviving Isaiah Cummins, right? Like, that's not just something we're all making up in our heads. And he elaborated on it a little bit. Like, Last year was not good for Cummings, and I think, obviously, he's a Cohen guy. I don't know if he's on the team if Cohen's not here right now. Right, yeah. So, uh, very exciting to see Saturday went very well for him, because I I do think Cohen is going to, I don't want to say drag uh, Cummings along, but he's going to make sure uh, Cummings hits his opportunities.
2: Yeah, there was like two moments for Cummings last year. He drops the touchdown pass week one, then he runs the jet sweep against Ole Miss. And then we just, I mean, he just disappeared. You didn't see him at all. That left you, you scratched your head. I was skeptical of a role just because of what Jordan Dingle brings. But it, Saturday, I, I mean, if you were ranking players, Nick, who had the best practice, I think he was definitely in the top five. So it was yeah, promising yeah. to see what he put out there on the field. and Just that tight end position in general and running back, I would add into that some of the positional flexibility they have. See, Cummings, that, that, DSK, Jatam mm-hmm. McLean, they can factor in as pass-catching threats. Yeah. And that's See, something that, that'll help with the wide receiver depth, you would hope.
0: Okay. Uh, this is the part where I'm going to answer a question that gets asked every offseason. Um, maybe not so much for the running backs, but it's definitely a secondary storyline. Are they finally going to throw it to the tight ends? Or are the running backs actually going to catch the football? I mean, that, uh, Drew, this is what. If, if it's an offseason that ends within, then they're going to be talking about those two points. But, like, this was practice four. And they were an integral part of the offense in a different capacity than we're used to seeing. Demi Sumalkarbe was lined up as receiver as much as it was a tailback, right? Like that—that's not just like a one-week wrinkle where he does it for three plays. This is practice four, and he's lining up in the slot. Some of it's out of necessity because on Brown's dealing with soft tissue injury. Uh, they aren't going to risk it, so um, they're limited. But, but like they're limited in their receivers. Tavion Robinson is the only person that doesn't have freshman or sophomore next to his name that's going to play in there. A lot of those guys transferred out. So out of necessity, they, they have to use their running backs more in the passing game. They have to use their tight ends more in the passing game. And how you do that is you have guys who can split out as wide receivers. And what's fun is when you do that, like you can run in in a rounds with Demi Sumo-Karmbeck. He's a receiver, but he's playing running back. Uh, you can have Isaiah Cummings crashing down He's split up as a wide receiver, but he's going to hit you like the size of a tight end. So there's I, there's a lot of personnel stuff that I'm interested to to hear what Cohen kind of elaborates on on Saturday because to, to make that a part of the of their base package, Drew, I think is significant, uh, particularly if you're you're trying to scout this team and trying to get any sort of tips on what they might do if this player is in the game because you just you don't know what they're going
1: to do. I'm excited to see all the multiple looks. I mean, Benny and Chris Rodriguez were awesome, but it was a lot just handed off. They weren't catching a lot of passes. Sounds like um, McLean and I'm calling him DSK. I'm sorry, Demi Sumo Kargbe. My is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, go. he
0: was I'm shocked, shocked when I DSK. said his name correctly. Okay, well, no, I mean,
1: those those two are pass catchers and uh, catching up on Saturday stuff. Sounds like Ray Davis has the potential too. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. excited for the versatility and, and mixing it up a little bit with two tight ends and two running backs. Just just for something new and I know Cohen getting his hands on that offense with all that versatility uh, can make something special happen
0: the uh I'm glad you mentioned Ray too because I like well, I would put Ray Davis among the other players that really stood yeah, out I surprised practiced. me yeah he did. yeah uh, him Maxwell Harrison I'd put him in the mix too because mm-hmm. there were a lot of cornerback concerns and uh, him and drew Phillips I thought both played well stood their ground they they're certainly. Feels like the transfer's got a lot of catching up to do. Like the, I, you know.
2: Anthony Brown, I thought popped again. Yeah. Uh, it's two times I've been, he's looked the part out there. Uh, good route runner. He gets open. He creates separation. He catches the football. Like, he yeah. is going to play and he's going to help them this year. He is tiny.
0: Yes, like, very when small. When you
2: see him, you're, it, it stands out how small he is out there on that field. But. He gets open and he catches the football. And so he is going to have a role. And then it was our first time getting eyes on Shamar Porter, Nick, and he looks the part. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, he going to be w-
2: involved because they need depth and they need another big body There's out Shemar there on the outside. Porter there right he there. is right there. But he can run, he can glide, uh, and he's and he can be a big body target. And so at long term, I'm still really high on him. But those two freshmen are going to be, be part of the rotation there, and they are going to have a role this season.
0: It's it's really exciting um, on Liam Cohen's offense, but um, we do have a, a red flag we need to raise because I, I'm I'm worried about our offensive coordinator. Um, not from a play calling perspective, but what the hell is this no putting stuff? What what unbelievable behavior? I I, I just <laughs> imagine imagine saying like third down doesn't matter. Or the red zone doesn't matter. I mean, Rich Gangarello, he did that for a year, and look how it turned out for him. <laughs> Liam's just not going to putt? Like, short game, that's what, – what, what, what's the saying, Drew? Drive for show. Putt
1: for dough. I mean, that's that's how you win. I guess
0: Every's... you don't need to putt for dough if you're making $1.8 a year.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, not to go backwards, but last year's coordinator, if he had done this behavior, we'd expect it. You know, not finishing the hole. <laughs> You're, you do eighty percent of it, and you just don't punch it in at the end. We would expect it from him. I even expect it from Matt Jones. It's ten years of Matt taking it on the air, bragging about picking up his own gimmies. We get it. Lim Cohen, I'm disappointed. I thought, a, thought he had a little more integrity. Thought he respected the game a little more than that. Also, I thought he'd be better at it. He just completely dismissive, saying he doesn't have time. He said he only he said he only chips if it looks fun. What does that even mean?
0: That's I. I it's 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 reckless behavior, and I'm not one of those guys that's going to have a personal indictment on somebody's character, it. Like, oh, he cheats at golf; he's the worst person ever. But there's also part of me. It's like, dude, Liam, you're you you were a college football quarterback. You were the the offense. Yeah, you're coordinator already the out there on the
2: golf course if you're a quarterback. There, you're already yeah. God's get God's given you the golfing like, gift, usually. Like,
0: dude, take some take some medicine on the greens, man. Like, uh, golf is hard. Like, you can. We get it. Nobody's that great at it. You can you can be bad at putting. Like, it's fine. Nobody's going to just, like, dismiss you. I, I, I just – I don't understand like it. My
2: only question, really, if he doesn't like a chip, what does that mean? Is he just – if that's his third shot, is he just writing down
1: I know. I mean, what are we shooting if we're not chipping or putting? I mean, there's a driving range where you can go do that for much cheaper.
0: So, if you just get on a par three, you just write par, or do you put birdie if it's at 10 feet? I mean, his exact go- words
2: – we can just go play
1: Gold Tea at the Waterhole. <laughs> His exact words were if I get on the green, I shouldn't be expected to have to make the putt. I mean, there's also a part of me, too. The, like, he's playing simulator golf in like a real course.
0: Because, you know, simulators, the, the putting is inexact, it's imprecise, mm-hmm. it's tough. Trackman golf. Yeah. But what? Uh. I don't for me, it's
1: think. for me. It's the uh, it's you're going out with a bunch of guys. It's not probably not even competitive. I'm not a competitive golfer. I don't care if you cheat, but it's like you're looking around at at least one, two, or three other people, and you're saying, you know what? I don't care about these rules. I I'm cheating. Watch this. Like, I, it's like I just have no respect for anything out here. I'm just gonna make up my own rules of golf, and that's well, not how it should be.
0: So here here's here's where I'm at. Drew is like if he said that like I'm gonna fluff in the rough or like. Oh. If you know, if I if I hit one off the tee box and the drink, I'm gonna I'm gonna tee up another one. Fine. Like th- that's that's where like you know, you're out there to have fun. Like, why write down a bunch of eights if you're just drives, if you can't get off the tee box? The putting part, like, my kid can putt, alright? Like it's not <laughs> He, he's he's three years old. He knows how to putt. Like, it's not – I know that those – but that's the whole point. Those courses that are good, they're there to kick your ass on the greens. I was at least relieved to hear that when he went and played in Ireland at the good courses, he was, he was not called. And weird.
1: I do want to make one thing clear. I, I'm not golf's golden boy here. Uh, we were state title favorites and got DQ'd in the regional tournament for – cheating so i've cheated once or twice around a golf course before but to just not putt that's next level cheating i i have mastered the foot wedge i know the move where you mark your ball behind it and then put or put the ball over it you flip the coin a little forward there's all kinds of tricks but not putting is too far not putting is way too far
0: so how how did you get caught cheating in the regional tournament was it
1: well first of all let me say Madisonville north hopkins golf team my junior year It was a senior-led team. I was the only junior. Maybe the best team to ever play any sport ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Until the disqualification, Apollo High School turned us in. We won the region by a million. The cheating didn't even matter. Uh, We just did some bad math on a couple holes, and we didn't get (laughs) to go into
2: state. Oh, the old scorecard police. You do
1: the thing. where You're like,
2: yeah. We took you know. an
1: eight instead of a nine on one hole. It wasn't me. It didn't matter as an alternate. Oh gosh. Yeah, I know. We had a guy shoot like 69. He didn't get to go on to state. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Liam go- Cohen, you should putt. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like you, we're not. We're not golf hardos. We're not calling in on the scoreboard uh, to to make sure to to because we saw somebody cheating out there. But like, let's just putt. Let's just put. Um, it's
1: a big part of the game. It's like. Not again! Not to look backwards, but it's finishing the drive. It's yeah. what we want to do. The last coach, he didn't putt.
0: Well, he didn't know uh, he didn't
1: know there was a green.
0: <laughs> we all, at least, he's not playing night golf either. Um, so we got that going for us. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because um, I forgot that the Ryder Cup is happening. It's coming yep. up down the stretch, and I saw some of the uniforms. Those things look sharp.
2: They did. Those um,
0: were nice. And we've also got the FedEx Cup playoffs coming up. Um, it's an exciting time. If you've just got the itch, you want to jump in one of these sporting events, the best place to get your last-minute tickets is at GameTime.co. GameTime app. Download the GameTime app. Sign up today. It's very easy, very simple. And my favorite part about the GameTime app is when you're scrolling through, just like, you know what, I want to do something tonight. Um what's going on they've got events and they've got pictures of where your seats could be so drew you were at a UFC fight last weekend oh, yeah. and instead of like I, I don't know what the section or the concourse meet uh, means but when you, you you can see your seat right there it's it's fast it's convenient and drew if you use the promo code KSR you get 20 dollars off your first purchase
1: you know the the seat thing is very underrated like getting on there and knowing your 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 stuff and all that i I feel like that is a feature that uh, should have been done a long time ago and they have mastered it
0: Uh, they really they really have um i'm i'm excited i'm probably going to uh it, it sounds bad to say, but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to admit it. I'm going to be attending some of the weeknight games that don't call me Papa John's. Just being a family man. Just being a family man. Uh, and maybe supporting uh, the, the concessions on the party deck. Um, do you know how much it costs to get into a Louisville football game with our friends at game time? A neck tattoo. You can get a... You can get in the door for their game to go see our friend Max Duffy coaching Murray State on the sidelines for four American dollars. Four American dollars on the game time app. Um, not all of their—I I will say—not all of their uh, deals are that great, that cheap. But you know, there's a lot of supply, a lot of empty seats over. At Don't call me Papa John's. They got to get it so. Do yourself a favor this college football season. Download the Game Time app. Set up an account. Use promo code KSR. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. And if you if you need tickets for Ball State, Alabama, Tennessee, I know a lot of those games have already sold out. Use the, the promo code KSR. You'll get 20 bucks back. You'll be glad you did it. You'll be glad you've already got your seats there. And they're available right now for those Alabama, Florida, Tennessee. Those games are in high demand. You can get them now. Download the Game Time app. GameTime.co today. Um, we did need
2: to mention a little bit more. What, what are you what, what are you wearing to these Louisville games, Nick? We need <laughs> yeah, We need more yeah. intel here. Now, who are you wearing? Is it like, a- <laughs> do you are you wearing Brian's jersey? <laughs> See, so
0: I have an old Brian throwback jersey. Um, you know from I guess that was fifteen. 12, oh wow, almost twenty years ago now. Um, but probably won't wear that. Um, I do. I got caught doing this uh, last year, too. There's very much a uniform for non-UofL fans that go to UofL games because you're just there for the party. And I have uh, – Nature wear, Yeah, I'll wear this. Yeah. I'll have just like a, a white, uh, like PFG shirt. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that one guy even called me out on it. He was like, I know what you're doing. It's like, oh, snap. He's about to give me hell for being KSR guy. And he's like – you're not a real Louisville fan. Cards fans don't wear that. Uh, they're you having a, me. they're having a blackout for their first home game though, which yeah, blackout in it. September. I mean, <laughs> what? Well, great, great idea. Great idea marketing. Got to psych
2: out the racers. I, the I like the,
1: racers. I like the neutral colors. Uh, but having never been to a Louisville basketball or football game, if I have to go, I'm wearing a hazmat suit. So uh, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm rocking. I'll
0: just bring a garbage bag, and people will be asking me to slap it throughout. Uh, Are yeah. they
2: tarping up this, the upper deck this year, a section or two?
0: They're probably just trying to sell it, right, Brom Squad? They're doing a neon out for one game, which I'm fascinated by the neon out, because like, what it said that they're going to have uh, a bunch of lighting elements. Yeah. I forgot their exact phraseology, but like, it sounds like it's going to be a rave. They're just they're going to do a rave <laughs> and like have a football game hey, as a show. I mean, what what godly obscenity is Adidas going to cook up for that game if they're going to wow. have some sort of rave at a UFL football game?
1: My eyes still haven't recovered from the their Stadium. final four uniform, uh, final four uniforms in New Orleans. That wasn't
2: even a Roy G. Biv color. That was like a nuclear thing they came yeah. up with. I, I know that they're you know they're <laughs> pumped about the season. They are selling more tickets, but the stadiums. Like fifteen thousand seats too big.
0: Yeah, it's just too big.
2: So, you then you look at the home schedule. Notre Dame will have some people there, but other than that, nobody travels
0: be, on their schedule.
2: Kentucky it's going to be Vans. cavernous in certain sections. So I, I'm just, I, I think eventually they're they're going to have to tarp up that flight deck or part of it, at least. Yeah. It was, so I, I didn't know if they were going to try to do that and sneak it past people or what if they were going to even try that at all this year.
1: It's always nice to do a big expansion and then just put a big logo over seats that you can't sell. It's a good it's a good good business model.
0: Thing is too is that section's actually looks cool and like what the seats there, uh my radio partner, uh Mr. Sports Talker TJ Walker, he got seats in the front row when we're talking Kentucky, about the end zone, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He got he got he had seats in the front row, which is he was just behind the goalposts, awesome seats. And he was enjoying himself more than anybody's ever enjoyed themselves at a sporting event. Just like talking, like oh, I mean, getting cat's chance started. Uh, that section's cool. Um, it's got sweets on the field. That
2: stupid yeah. thing up up top is that's just, what I'm talking about. The flight deck's what I'm talking about up top. The big,
0: the big so one on the sideline. Do we think Oregon State could fill it up if they join the ACC? Is that
1: <laughs> is that what's going to happen? Uh,
0: um, the Beavers so, coming
1: to town. The Hawaii Rainbows will be coming in at this point. I think. I. The, the poor,
0: it's one of those things that from our perspective, Kentucky fans, we're, you just kind of sit back and enjoy all this conference realignment, but it does have to suck to be in the middle of the uncertainty, right? Like the, some of the guys that are having to, to switch up every single year, like that's. That's, that's got to be terrible, and you you would have thought if you were in the Pac-12 that you would be safe, right? Arizona, Arizona State. No, I mean, there's been institutions that have been in there for years, and now all of a sudden they're like, so are we in the Mountain West? I, I can't imagine what that's like, especially if you were – like, imagine Washington State flag guy who's the most dedicated. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a diehard fan for a team that's been terrible for so long. They had the fun Mike Leach years. And they're seeing it just all just... I mean, they're evaporating like in, in the, the Avengers movies, right? I mean, it's just just like that. Gone. Gone in an instant.
1: I don't normally mind a little change here and there, but this is this is too much. I mean, rivalry's going out. Like, USC playing Big Ten teams. My brain can't even picture that on a TV screen with the scores at the bottom. What, what However this gets finalized, it's going to take me a long time to get used to some of the matchups.
0: I... For me too, Luckett, it, It's a it's a brand thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult for me to think about betting unders in the Big Twelve now that there's like football teams that j- <laughs> might actually try to play defense. You know, like yeah, BYU. Or, yeah, it, it's just I, I'm used to just Texas teams in the air raid and getting rid of all this, getting rid of Pac-12 after dark chaos. Like. It's going to take my mind. That, that's the part that upsets me. Losing the rivalries upset me. But for the most part, I mean, it's going to be pretty fun when we get to go to Texas Stadium next year. Yeah, You know, like a lot of these Rose games. Of cars, right, with everything. Right. USC, Ohio State, being a regular thing, that it's going to be pretty fun.
2: Yeah, uh, I think the Pac-12, it was two things. One, it's poor leadership over a decade. All they had to do was get a decent TV deal, and all those teams were going to stay, or they're saying. Um, There was even... They even went into that day thinking they were going to be able to save it, and they weren't, um, per per some of the reporting. Um, So poor leadership. And then the Pac-12, you've got a bunch of schools that just didn't prioritize football. This is the conference that these schools did not want to play night games. Like, what do you mean you don't want to play night games? Like, you don't want to have the best crowd our atmosphere possible like just it's just different out there culturally um when it comes to college football and other things Uh, so in a lot of schools we're just using the football money to supplement their olympic sports and took a lot of pride in that Uh, that's fine but you know you got to pay football's got to pay the bills and so I think it was a combination of those two factors that kind of led to where we're at and you feel for Oregon state and Washington state, but small fan bases in middle of nowhere in the Pacific Northwest. So there's not an allure there. There is for the brands, I think. Um, And you put the big 12, like the big 12 I look at, and that's going to be kind of an entertaining football conference, at least to me, that's going to be a lot of teams kind of jumbled in the middle, you know, maybe not national title contenders, but that's, it could be a lot of fun after dark games, potentially, because they got enough, I think, mixture there. But we definitely are moving in a direction where it's getting to where there's probably going to be two conferences, and it's going to be kind of an NFL model. You're going to have an AFC and an NFC, but they're going to be called different things, and it's going to be like 35, 40 teams probably. And they're going to those 35, 40 teams are going to move off, and they're going to have their own subset, and they're going to have their own rules, and they're going to have their own catchy name. It gets to the point, like, should we have a commissioner making these decisions, make sure conferences aren't going rogue? Probably. But how do we get there? Um, so it's a combination of all that poor leadership. But at the end of the day, like, I do look at it as this is football and this is America. We're going to figure it out, and it's going to be entertaining as hell, and we're going to like it. There's going to be some people that have left that are left behind, and that's that does suck. Like, it sucks for Oregon State and it sucks for Washington State. Stanford and Cal, I don't feel as bad for
0: yeah, they're they, nerds.
2: They'll be fine. <laughs> they just don't they don't care about it. Point blank. So I don't feel as bad for them, but it does suck for them. And so we're heading towards this path where you definitely need to be in the right conference, but I think we're going to be locked into this for a while right now because ACC teams can't get out of that grant of rights, at least right now. Uh, so they're kind of screwed. But like you mentioned, Nick, rivalries reignited. Like Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma – Holy War, BYU, Utah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good rivalries, and then you know, like Michigan's gonna go to Oregon, and we're probably gonna get to watch that at ten thirty Eastern or something. Oh, you know, like there's gonna be fun games. God, that's gonna, be, awesome. oh, gonna, that awesome. gonna be awesome. gonna awesome. There's gonna be weird games too. Like we're gonna get to see UCLA play Rutgers on a noon. I mean, I'm already can't wait to sweat out that under. So, Vandy, the Oklahoma.
0: Be, <laughs>
2: There's going to be good and bad with all of this. It's just, it's going to be different. But I do, like, I do get the regional rivalries and all that stuff. But, like, there is, like, Kentucky's going to get to host Oklahoma. And I was going to get to host USC. I mean, you want to talk about a, a
0: culture clash. Clash? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Wisconsin's going to get to, Wisconsin's going to bring 40,000 people to the Rose Bowl when they play UCLA. <laughs> And they're going to take oh. over that stadium. And oh, so there's going to be good and bad for the fan bases. You feel for the Pac-12. In a way, I think it's almost better for those Pac-12 schools going to the Big Ten because at least yeah. they have a travel pod section where they can at least go to some of those games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of hoops you got to figure out travel-wise. But there is, like, it's not all going to be – it's still football. It's not all going to be bad. I, there's still going to be cool moments. And there's, there's going to be new rivalries created. Uh, it won't take long before Oregon hates the, the obnoxiousness of Michigan men. It will not take long for them to get sick of that. And in the SEC, it will, it will not take long for us to – hell, it's already happening. We've already hated Texas already. It will not take long for people to hate Texas with a passion here.
1: I um, I hated Missouri. I didn't even know I could have a Missouri feeling, and I hated them within one month of when they joined years ago.
2: As soon as we see that dumbass wagon rolling on the field, we're gonna <laughs> Oklahoma's gonna get on our nerves. So all, all that stuff, it'll happen organically. It's just yeah. you just gotta let it happen.
0: I um I hadn't let this thought cross my mind yet, Drew. But when he said Michigan at Oregon, ten thirty Eastern, I realized, oh, one, one month from right now. The NFL season is going to be kicking off. Sports gambling is going to be in Kentucky soon. Oh, man. I, I'm already fired up. Uh, we've had some conversations, too, behind the scenes about our Thursday content um, here on the KSR YouTube channel. And um, I'm, it, we, it might not be called Pick 3, but there will be some picks shared. So I, I hope you boys are ready because I cannot I cannot wait. Especially that first Thursday night where it's just – uh, like I remember having to have a take on Tennessee Ball State just because I hated them so much, but it's like it's the first night of college football. I'm watching all of
1: these games. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for you all. Baseball, it's fine. I watch it. I'm not betting on it. Golf, I'll throw a little bit here and there. NBA playoffs, I didn't really bet on. It's yeah. been so long – since we've had any real betting, and now we get to do it legally here in a few weeks, I cannot wait to just, you know, you get that first line, whenever you look at it, Sunday, Monday, Friday night, whatever, you just pull it up and you carve off an hour, however long it takes to pick out all your winners, Turns out most of them are not winners, and you have to reload the next day, but that's why we love it. It's it's a great sport. And as I'm hey. on vacation right now, and Abby's over here and she can hear me, it might be our last vacation because uh, when gambling <laughs> starts this fall, it's probably all going to be in the red, So and I can't well, wait to do that.
0: No, or the first of many vacations, Abby. you got to think of it that way. The first yeah. of many, you're going to win so much money that you're going to have to travel to Vegas and make more money. So that, that's how it works. I, I, I
1: like looking even farther ahead, these matchups you're throwing out. The first gambling on the Big Ten versus the Pac-12 team, no one's going to know what to do. No one's going to know if Iowa can stop USC or if they're going to load it up. It's Those lines are going to be wonky when it first gets started, and that will be a lot of fun. But that's that's all enough in the distant future.
0: Oh, I, I haven't even – I don't know who they're playing, what the line is, but as long as it's not a Power 5 team like it, I'm betting Wisconsin to cover a big spread because they're going to score a lot of points to trick their fans into thinking that this new passing thing works. So,
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd assume they're going to allow same-game parlays for a couple games, and they could just make a killing off Utah-Florida because that's the big game. Everybody's going to want to bet that in some form or fashion that Thursday night. Oh,
0: man. Would be a real shame if the Gators lost early on. Would be a real shame. We've got plenty of time to still talk about it, though. Practice is underway. Liam Cohen and the Kentucky offense are on Tuesday. Brad White and the defense Thursday. Mark Stoops will speak after the Wildcats' first scrimmage on Saturday. It's closed to the public, uh, but we'll get some scoop from it, and we'll be sharing it on KS Board. There's a $1 special right now. You can just join for the month. One month, $1. Or you can get 25% off the year for 75 bucks. So hop on KSR Plus now while you can. Uh, it's a great deal, great offer, and it won't be around forever. So get on it while the getting's good. We appreciate you all joining us on the KSR YouTube channel. We're going to have a lot more here and a lot more on Kentucky Sports Radio throughout fall camp. For Adam Luckett, Drew Franklin, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger.